Welcome everybody to the Nick and Laker Show. Today we have my main man Johnny, my old teammate from AUB. What's up, Johnny? Straight from Florida. Miami's in the finals. What's up, Johnsters? Hey, Ramsey. Thanks for having me. Johnny was the captain of our team, the point guard, the main scorer. I was his backup point guard. And uh, we had a great time, me, Bass, and Johnny back in university. Johnny had this thing where he was able to throw a basketball, like a baseball, into an opponent's face in the midst of a crowd of a fight. He had this very particular skill that he was known for, breaking noses from half court. Remember, Johnsters? Yeah, it all, it all came from practice. <laughs> practice, busting my balls in practice. You're a big Heat fan. We've been going back and forth. First of all, tell me, when did you become a Heat fan? Yeah, I mean, it, it started really with Dwayne Wade. Uh, when Wade joined the Heat, I, I loved his game and started following the Heat a little bit. And then shortly after, I ended up by, by some uh, miracle moving to Miami. And actually, we lived in the building across the street from the American Airlines arena. Literally, if I stumbled out my balcony, I'd, I'd land at the Heat arena. Uh, and actually, a few of the players lived, lived in our building. And it was I just became immersed in the whole heat culture uh, there. You know, the whole neighborhood would close up on game nights. When they went to the playoffs and away games, we'd have block parties um, on Biscayne Boulevard. And it just sort of cemented the whole thing. And then obviously the big three uh, came in. We, we spent, I was in Miami for two years while that happened. I eventually had to move up, but spent two years with LeBron, Bosch, and Wade playing across the street. And it's uh, it's kind of it's kind of hard not to get... Uh, invested when you have that kind of atmosphere around you that was a great run so you got into them before the big three and then when the big three came it was just like it's uh, it's just an amazing atmosphere it was when Shaq joined the heat was was when it became real for me i always was a Shaq fan i, I loved the guy even when he was at orlando and when he joined Dwayne wade and the two of them were together that was that was that was epic that was a big time championship and that was a really cool team jason williams very great lots of morning off the bench Antoine Walker with the shimmy. That was a fun team. Johnny, let's let's talk about this year. And me and you have been talking about the team. By the way, shout out to Base. Base is on vacation, having a good time. So uh, enjoy your vacation, Base. Let's talk about uh, this season for the Heat, how amazing they've been. The big shift and the change in the shooting percentage from being one of the worst three-point shooting teams to being one of the best. A lot of times when me and you talked, you weren't surprised. Um, and I was surprised and I was so pissed off at you and turns out you were right. Why were you not surprised? I mean, look, if you look at the season, uh, the, every game was a nail biter. I had, I had the chance to go to a few more, few games, um, uh, for the heat this year. And, and if you look at, you know, there's 82 games in the season, 39 of those were decided in with five points or less. So the Heat have always been playing at a level, but just never got it quite dialed in. Like they always they, they always managed to stay close, but they couldn't get it over the hump with those with those big games. Uh, although they, they still won quite a bit. And then it just seems that they found their stride and that extra push to, to push a little harder in the playoffs just, just came into play. And I think uh, part of it is, you know, they had a big, big start to the season. And I think that kind of carries forward. These guys sort of believed in themselves a little more. Every one of the guys on the Heat, a wonderful story. It's a Cinderella story from the individuals to the team. And, and you know, that that brings a ton of energy. You know, even now with the Nuggets, the, the uh, Malone was talking about his team lacked effort. And you're not going to see any lack of effort from from the Heat. This is a chance for these guys with a chip on their shoulder, 
the the undrafted seven that as, as they keep getting called uh, to prove to the world that they've always belonged and they earned this position you're never going to get someone that's going to play any harder so you know whether it was chance or luck or whatever it is that they had a big start to the season but that just carried forward these guys just got the confidence they need and obviously we have jimmy buckets uh to, to to provide that kind of energy for the team and he can dial it in and and show up when he needs to so uh i just i wasn't surprised after the way they started and they always had it in them to win it just they needed that extra push you were right about um that it wasn't lucky and i assumed that it was lucky and that's why i was so pissed uh when the knicks were getting their ass handed to them when we talk about Jimmy Butler, there's something that he does that I think is so, so difficult to guard. And it's, an, it's, it's attributed to his strength. He gets in the lane, he pump fakes, he hangs out. If you don't bite on the fake, he'll pass it out, draw the defense. And you never feel like a shot is forced, ever. Even when he takes, even when he scored 50 points and uh, 51 points, it, it never feel forced. He's an amazing player, uh, exactly what you said. The team never lacks confidence or grit or grind. So I think the luck that we can talk about is also there in their hands. For example, the Celtics shot the worst three-point percentage. Their three worst games were against the Heat out of the whole season in terms of three-point percentage. You could say it's luck, but one, the Celtics were idiots because they had the advantage down low because this Heat are not that big. Mm-hmm. Two, the Heat were contesting every shot. Duncan Robinson popped the hell out of J- Jalen Brown in game seven. Uh, you know, the guys are making plays. Also credit to Spolster for mixing up the defense, confusing all the other teams. Um, what else do you, do you want to say about the transition from playoff heat to regular season heat, uh, you know, eight seed. You're right about one thing. That's I didn't know the heat. That's half the games. Half the games were decided five points or less. That's I didn't know that. Uh, another thing is that this season stands out out of all seasons that all the teams were close, West and East. Yeah, all the teams were close in terms of record. That's absolutely true. I mean, look, I think part of it is uh, what may happen if the Heat win the championship is Spolstra is going to prove that defense can win championships. I know I know there's a lot of talk about how they got lucky against the Celtics, but like you said, I mean, you just have to watch that defense. I mean, they gave nothing up. Every transition, uh, every transition, every three-point shot. I mean, these guys are hurling themselves across the court and jumping at every ball. You'll see this a lot when, a lot of, when someone is sagging and helping and their man gets the open shot, they kind of hesitate before whether should I jump, should I rebound, should I go up and contest the shot? The Heat don't do that. The Heat contest every shot. doesn't matter if you're running from across the court, you're going to run and jump at that shooter, even if you have no chance. And, and Johnny, they know their assignments. Yeah. They know who's going to go on the ball. They know who's going to zone out on the passing lane. And they know to deny the first passing lane. And it's always the right one. And that's coaching. That's coaching, that's habit, that's physicality, and that's uh, also unbelievable, I think, uh, shape. I've never seen Kevin Love in this shape. Except except Kyle Lowry. His, his shape is round. Even Kyle Lowry. Kyle Lowry has been unbelievably good. Yeah, he has. 
His shot is just money. His step backs are money. His screens, it's like Bill Lambert. She has screens. Bitrak screen and he pops and it's deadly. It's a deadly matchup. I think we should jump right into the finals because that's you know what everybody wants to hear about and talk about unbelievable Bam Abadayo and, and his crashing of the boards, Kyle Lowry's clutch. I know they're down to one, and I think you know Nuggets will win in five or six, but anything can happen. As of yesterday, Miami had the advantage as an eight seed going to the finals. And you said defense wins championships. That you know, will prove defense wins championships. There's only been one or two NBA champions that don't play a top ten defense. So Shushe for the finals. What do you think is going on in the finals? What do you think their chances are? I think honestly, I think it's 50-50 at this point. I don't necessarily think the Nuggets have the advantage. I mean, this is the thing about Spolstra. Uh, you have to notice that the Heat come out better after every timeout. They come out better after every loss, uh, with the exception of the Celtics, where they went down. Uh, three games in a row, but you know, credit to the Celtics for that. I mean, but they 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 will adjust. There's 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 no chance that they won't. And uh, and speaking of Bam Adebayo, um, I mean, the guy is unbelievable. I think he's. I mean, I know I know a lot of people view him very highly, but I think he's way underrated. I think he was second All NBA team this year, which is honestly an insult to a guy of his talents. I mean, the guy runs the ball down. Second All Defense as well. Yeah, and and I mean, he's a great defender. He. He he runs the ball down the court. He runs transition offense when he when he when he sees an open lane in front of him. I mean, he can pass the ball. He can play. He's probably the best screener and roller in, in, in the NBA at this point. He's he's fantastic. Um, and this is the thing that mid range. Yeah, and the, handling the ball. Awesome. Yeah, and what one thing that the Heat do really well, I think, is that like I said, they, they know their positions on defense, but there's no. There's no particular assignment on offense. The whole team can play. They can all handle the ball for the most part. All the guards can shoot. You know, Jimmy Butler's a three-point shooter, but you have Struess, Love, uh, Vincent, Gabe, uh, Martin. All of them can shoot the ball and all of them can drive. I have a question about Martin, John. Why do you think, first of all, he was like, <laughs> he was like a young Dominique Wilkins in, in the conference finals. Why do you think he's been neutralized? uh against the nuggets i mean you I mean, think he just went back to earth or the nuggets are actually doing something i mean i think it, it depends on i mean every team has a different style of defense and uh and the way they play and some of the caters to way they can play or one player can do well or not right i mean jimmy butler uh against you know the the bucks just dominated and i think that also speaks to the to the heat strength which is nobody feels like they have to do one thing specifically Right, they won game two, and Butler, for all intents and purposes, mm -hmm. even though he had, I think, twenty-two points or something like that, he did what they need to do to win, and and he let you know, uh, Duncan Robinson uh, and and Vincent sort of take over the scoring role for 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 the Heat. And I think the same thing happens. I mean, Martin, for the most part, he's he's an athletic guy. He can he he can shoot, he can drive, he can rebound, he plays great defense, and in this case, since he's not comfortable scoring the ball. He's kind of taking his time and easing in, but they don't they don't let up. Somebody else is picking up the slack. Johnny, tell me a little bit about Martin's story. I think that a lot of the listeners would 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 like to tell, uh, to hear his story. You you dropped it on uh, on a voice note to me, and I found it to be I knew a little bit about the story, but you know 
give me like 30 seconds on that if you, if you may because it's very cool you know it gives young players hope that you can always make it you never know yeah yeah absolutely i mean i i don't remember the exact some of some of the finer details but he was cut from the nba and i think he spent two years uh but never gave up he was still you know practicing and trying out and i think uh played in a few different leagues but he was actually friends with he played pickup ball with jay cole uh and his man and jay cole's manager uh and these guys obviously thought martin is is excellent so um they called the trainer on, at the heat uh who was a friend of jay cole's and he said look just give the guy a look you don't have to i don't want you to do anything for me i just want to give him a look and uh, was the uh, yeah exactly awesome. yeah um and he came down and he played a scrimmage and basically if you hear martin tell it he just had a good day and he just played really well uh went back to his hotel room by the time he was in his room he had gotten a call back he signed a two-way contract and uh, the rest is history and this i mean again this is you and i argue about this is i think i think there's an issue with the traditional scouting approach that, that focuses very much on statistics and uh playing minutes, especially in college basketball. And Spolstra and his team, what they've done is they've money, they've moneyballed it, really, for, for the most part. They've identified the areas they need to fill and what, I mean, this is why they, they got love and he still he still comes off the bench. That's why Jovic, for, for all intents and purposes, is probably not playing now, even though he's super talented and young. This is, why, this is why Johnny Duncan Robinson flourishes, even though he can't play defense. And uh, JV, Jeff Van Gundy alluded to it yesterday. He was saying when Duncan Robinson is on the court, they play zone, and the zone has been effective up until next uh, yesterday. Let's talk about the zone for a second. Today we had a this last night we had a huge emergence of Brown cutting to the basket. Um, I think when they are zoning and you know drawing the defense out onto Murray or Jokic, um, the Nuggets were able to find those. You know cutting lanes and i think that's dangerous for the heat and i think the heat are genuinely in trouble for two reasons one the nuggets have unlocked the potential of their offense against the zone two michael porter jr and kcp have not shot the ball well neither has the other brown off the bench neither has jeff green it's, it was you know uh, murray and Jokic provided more than 67% of their offense today. So what do you think about the Nuggets, you know, weapons against the zone? And do you think Miami's in serious trouble because the Nuggets broke it so easily? Yeah, I mean, I, th I think they have to adjust. Uh, one of the things, I mean, look, zone, zone defense is harder than man-to-man -man defense. We all know this. Um, it, the movement is much more, uh, I guess, it takes a lot more of a toll on the players. You have to run more. You can't leave gaps. And, you know, the Nuggets are also well coached. They, they figured it out. But the idea is now you've got to transition the other way. And look, last game, um, and Spolstra, you know, he's, he's smarter than I am. I don't know why he does what he does. But he still has Highsmith and Love that were underutilized in the last game, even though they were very effective in game two. And... I think he's he's trying different things, and and we'll see. I mean, look, they've changed, they've exchanged games so far. Uh, the Heat didn't the Heat didn't win on a fluke or by mm -hmm. one point or anything in game two. But they actually had a solid performance. Johnny, if we if you look back at the Lakers uh, series, yeah. the Lakers did something against the Nuggets that maybe Miami should 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 take. Uh, Love is might not be the fastest. Neither is Jokic, but Love is as strong. Um, 
you know, uh, yeah. a nice way to say it is he, he, he's, he's, he has a strong gravitational pull. <laughs> he won't be budged. And, you know, Love led the league in rebounds. Love has had 30-30 uh, games before. Maybe it's just an idea. And, of course, Spolster is smarter than 17 coaches put together. Um, but maybe an idea is to keep Love on Jokic on the perimeter and have Bam help out on a non-shooter like Jeff Green. The problem is they don't have many non-shooters and they are offensively potent. Um, that may be an idea, but I wanted to talk about something that's also important that could be trouble for Miami. We're talking about Miami's troubles because, you know, Denver's back in control. If Denver uh, take game, if Denver go up 3-1, with two games at home, I think it's, it's a must win. We agree that Miami have to win. There's one very important point where um, I think Jokic is underrated in terms of interior defense. Miami shot 34% last night. You saw Bam miss a lot of bunnies based on size. Jokic just put his hands up. And he may not be the most athletic, but he's very smart and he's big. You know? So, uh, and, and I'm, I'm noticing they are struggling with the size. Aaron Gordon is causing problems. Uh, MPJ played good defense in game one. But he is a 6'10 shooting guard. So, uh, how, do you have any ideas? I know we're getting into details, but do you have any ideas on how um, Miami can deal with the size without just, you know, nailing long, long balls? Size is definitely a challenge for, for Miami. I mean, and also you have to keep in mind, you have Tyler Hero, who's a 20-point-per-game contributor, who's also, I think he's... Six six or six seven, I don't remember. He's he's a big guy though, and he's a great defender who's out. Oladipo is one of the best defenders in the league, also is out. So they are adjusting, especially on the outside game. Now there's nothing they could do. They have to spread out the floor. If those threes don't fall, um, it's going to be very difficult to have a collapsed defense and be able to score on them. You know, Bam had a great game too because the shots were falling. So he ha he had a chance to play the one on one without too much help. Otherwise, you know, you cannot kick out the ball. Now, uh, look, Jokic is probably top 10 most dominant players in the history of the NBA. There's, I mean, I know he doesn't like to say it. I mean, you know, the, the, he's averaging a triple-double. There's, no there's nothing you can do against a player like that that doesn't, that doesn't end up hurting you in one way or another. You just have to do your best and, and suck it up and try to, try to get your points and your defensive stops elsewhere. So, Murray... Murray is the head of the snake, just like exactly. Murray, Murray, Murray needs to be stopped or at least limited um, because he also gives them a lot of energy. And the way the way Murray plays when he scores, when he rebounds, when he when he makes plays, he does it with a lot of energy and he brings that team up with him. He doesn't, you know, unlike like Jimmy Butler's is, is similar, but there's a few players where every basket they score just seems to have a huge impact on the team. And Murray's like that. He, he yeah. plays with so much energy and, yeah. and, and, and strength that it's. He, so you have to limit Murray. And and again, I mean, with Jokic down there playing playing as big as he does and the fact that he, he never misses, man. When you're watching the game, like a miss is a rare sight for, for, for Jokic, whether it's yeah. on the three-point line or a mid-range shot or a hook shot or whatever it is. It's You just pray. Every time ball goes out of his hand, all you do is pray. Yeah, and it's so soft, Johnny. It touches the rim 15, five times and it goes right in. Um, I think Jokic, you know, he... he I'll, I'll, I'll double down on what you said. 
and I think we might get ahead of ourselves, but I think Jokic may be one of the top five greatest players of all time. The way he's playing, especially if he gets the championship. Um, very interesting stuff. Johnny, what's your prediction? You know, objectively, maybe, and as a homer. My prediction is Nuggets are in five, maybe six, but I'll go with five. What do you think? No, I think, I think the Heat will at least take one more game. I don't think it'll go in five. I think it's six. Uh, and I actually think if it goes to seven, the Heat can pull it off, my, my opinion. Just by, by virtue of, of the chip on their shoulder and the energy they could possibly bring to a game seven, I think the Heat are incredibly mm -hmm. difficult to... to and experience. Yeah. So if it's if it's a if it's a close, I think that the Nuggets need to make this not a close series. Close, game, the Heat have consistently won close mm -hmm. games. Uh, I think, with the exception of, uh, I think yeah. Game Five against Boston, I think that was the only game that that was close. Remember that that madness was a Game Five where where there was you know Boston made two shots in under three seconds to to, to take the game. I forget was it Game Four or Game Five. But other than that, the Heat, the Heat have a lot of grit. They don't lose close games at the end of the at, at the end there. So the Nuggets, they need they yeah. need to pull away, or I think the Heat have it in them to to just out you know outplay them, just energy and and, and grit wise. Last thing, we talked about you know we went back and forth about Miami and why they pissed me off. Well, obviously they pissed me off because I'm a Knicks fan, and I've always hated Miami since I was a kid, and they have these battles, but. I wanted to say that the reason why a lot of people don't like the Heat, myself included, is how pompous they can be when they're complimented. Oh, you guys, you know, undrafted players think it's an insult. Okay, well, Jokic, how did you be able to limit him? Oh, it's ridiculous. We can't limit him. I think there's this attitude of kind of, Jimmy Butler, what are you going to do? Oh, we're going to go have some beers, have some wine think about it and we're going to come back and win. Although now this confidence, this brashness has worked, but at the, at the same time, they haven't won a championship yet. So uh, this is very annoying. It's like being rubbed in my face over the long term. Well, all these press conferences, I know you're not big on the press conferences. And another thing you said, you know, Jeff Van Gundy is an idiot. But then look, you know, Jeff Van Gundy is one of the smartest basketball minds in the world. And I wrote something here, you know, that can tell you exactly how I feel. <laughs> Look, let me let me just address one thing. The the undrafted label is and I, I think it is offensive for one reason only, which is these guys the way that this it's a credit to the coaching staff, Johnny. It's not. It's True. not a, a knock on the players. True. But but to some degree, it is a knock on the players in the sense that if the if if the if the narrative was you guys are undrafted and you've been overlooked and good on you for proving everybody wrong would be one thing. But the narrative is look at these bunch of undrafted you know punks that have somehow gotten lucky and now are in the NBA finals. This is why these guys take it as an insult. It's not it, everybody's talking about like how are these undrafted players winning? You know what is what is wrong with the with everybody else that these guys that should have never been in the NBA that never went through the typical approach and now winning? But should be, it is a credit to the coaching staff when you're addressing the coaching staff in a way that you say you know. And the players, of course, they've done the work. Yeah, I know, but, but yeah. if the question was going to the coaching staff, what is it that you, you saw that nobody else saw in these players that made you choose them? You were right. 
these guys deserve to be here. Not that every time, you know, Duncan Robinson hits a three or or, or Max Struess makes a big play, everyone's like, this look at this undrafted player doing something no one thought they could ever do. And I'm shocked that, that you know Max Struess is making these. This is not this is this is offensive. These guys have a chip on their shoulder. Michael Jordan didn't make it to his high school varsity team and won't shut up about it to this day, right? Even in his Hall of Fame uh, uh, acceptance speech, he had to knock on everybody that talked him down. He was bitter. He was still bitter. Yeah, he's still bitter about it. So you got to give these guys a little bit of slack. They, they. I mean, if they want to get offended, look, it's, it's, it's the conversation is about them. Now, on you know, look, look at the, yeah, the, uh, Johnny. It's, it's about these cliche narratives when they, when they won the when they won the conference finals. He was saying, "Sponsor, we were the last men." standing like you know come on and this isn't ancient england you know but so no <laughs> yeah fair i i get you all the power to them you know amazing team you know we went really long because really interesting talking to you johnsters thank you for your time the nickel laker show subscribe like comment tell, tell us about everything anything you want to do anything you want to talk about johnny bringing up you know fans like you is a privilege and thank you for your time thanks for having me Ramsey. Glad to be here. Peace, baby. Bye-bye. Peace.